He's ready to go. He's fired up. He is going to, man, I'll tell you what, we're just looking forward to what the Lord's put on your heart, brother. You come preach for us. Amen. See you folks here too. Let's see, I get that on. Okay, it is it right. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, God's good. Amen. Good all the time, right? And, and you know, how many how many of you heard folks say that God is good all the time? Have you heard that? How many of you have said that? Amen. Now, that's not just a little catchphrase that that Christians say. Okay, we say that because He really is. <laughs> He's good all the time. Uh, even when things don't go like we wanted them to go, when things don't go like we hoped they'd go, when, when, uh, uh, you know, when we have struggles, when we have trials, when, when we have problems, God is still good. I, I, I've said before, and I'll say it again, uh, God is good when the tire is round, and God is good when it's flat on the bottom. Amen? <laughs> he's always good. He's, he's always good. And uh, <clears throat> I, I, just, uh, I just love him so much. And uh, uh, and I, I just got to brag on on how he has been so so kind to me uh, in this last uh, uh, year and uh, and couple months. It was uh, well even before then uh, when um, when you you when you suspect that your wife is dying and then when you know she's dying, uh, you need a lot of support from up there. Amen. And God God came through in a, in a tremendous fashion. And then uh, after she left for heaven, um, the uh, uh, Lord just gave me a, a, a peace. He really, he really did. I mean, I knew I was going to see her. She. I'll tell you one thing that really helped me. And and I and I, I'm going to get get into. I'm saying for you and getting the message here in just a minute. I just I don't know why. Just Lord impressed on my heart to share a little bit with you. But uh, one thing that helped me is the peace and calm she had. When she knew that she wasn't going to be here much longer, uh, it was it was uncanny. It, only God can do that. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you you need to you need to meet Him. You need to meet Him tonight. You need to get that settled uh, because you don't know how long you have. And and uh, going down into those those last days and and hours, she had such a peace and calm about her uh, that only only God could bring. Uh, after she she left for heaven, I and after the uh, memorial service, I uh, that uh, that Saturday your service was on a Friday. That Saturday I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to preach tomorrow? And yes, yes, I went to the pulpit uh, two days after my wife's funeral. Uh, I'm going to continue serving the Lord, Amen. I'm going to continue in in the work of God. So anyway, uh, and I challenge you to do that too. If you're if you're having a hard time. Maybe you're grieving, uh, maybe you've got some situations going on in your home, and your life. Taking a break from the service of the Lord isn't going to fix your problem. It'll make it worse. You need to stay busy in, in the work of God. Well, anyway, I was asking the Lord what he'd have me preach, and, uh, and he gave me a new sermon that Saturday. And, I, and then I, I went and preached a sermon entitled, When a Child of God Dies. And uh, God blessed it. And I, I believe the Lord helped me that day, possibly more than anybody else. But then I, oh, with, within a couple months, I pre preached it a few times in some different churches. And the Lord impressed on my heart that that needed to become a book. And uh, that book is, is, uh, is now uh, available. And 
some of you may have already gotten the copy. Uh, Pastor put some in your Christian bookstore, but it's entitled, When a Child of God Dies from One Grieving Heart to Another. And it is on the book table back there. Uh, if you haven't gotten one, I encourage you to consider this, uh, not only for yourself, and, and whether, you're, whether you're going through it right now, maybe, maybe you haven't lost somebody recently, okay? Uh, you're probably still thinking of somebody you know that's left for heaven within the last year or two. Uh, most of us know that. Most of us uh, have lost somebody that we cared about. Uh, but an, another thing that, that someone told me recently, it helped them, said that um, it, it really kind of helps prepare us for our death. And I wasn't thinking about that at the time, but, but really uh, God, God uh, gave us so much in His Word about what happens when a child of God dies and understanding that, and I think Debbie understood a lot of these things, and, that, and that's one reason she had such peace and calm. And uh, the psalmist says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And, and she knew that God was with her, and God was with her. Uh, and he gave her that grace for that. And, and I, I believe this book will encourage you and, and help you that way as you look forward to one of these days. I, and I said look forward, that wasn't a mistake. One of these days, we're going we're gonna to leave this world, and we're heading for a place called heaven, amen? And uh, what a wonderful time that's going to be. But the transition from earth to heaven, honestly, it's nothing we look forward to, but it's not that bad. It's not that bad because God walks uh, through it with us, and he'll take every step uh, with you. It's, it's amazing. So anyway, I just wanted to mention a little bit about, about that book. Uh, several folks have told me that it, is, it has helped them. I'm going to try to sing one of Debbie's songs for you uh, that I think maybe will be a, an encouragement to you tonight. Where can I go when fears seem to grip my soul? Where can I run when someone I love has broken my heart? When no rest comes for my troubled mind and answers are not to be found, where do I turn, what should I do, and how do I start? There is a place where I can hide when there are fears on every side. There is a love that's always pure, keeping my heart and soul secure. There is God's word that brings me peace, unchanging truth that will never cease. There is a God, mighty is He, who knows my name and walks with me. I praise you, Lord, for being so kind to me. What I deserved was judgment and death, but you took my place. Sometimes it seems you are far away, but that's when I've wandered from you. Still you reach out, warming my heart, bestowing your grace. 
There is a place where I can hide when there are fears on every side. There is a love that's always pure, keeping my heart and soul secure. There is God's word that brings me peace, unchanging truth that will never cease. There is a God, mighty is he, who knows my name and walks with me. would take your Bibles and go with me to 1 Samuel tonight. First Samuel 16. I appreciate you all coming out on a Monday night. Some of you had to work today and maybe didn't even get an opportunity for supper before you came, but you made this a priority in your life. God will bless you for that. That's uh, nothing better than being in the house of God. It, it, it doesn't matter who's preaching, okay? Uh, you know, that's, that's not the issue. The issue is uh, God wants to give you a message. God wants to give you something, and you came to hear it. And I, I just pray the Lord will bless you uh, for being here. First Samuel chapter 16 1 Samuel 16, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 13. If you have your place in the scriptures under Abel, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word tonight? 1 Samuel 16, and begin, beginning in verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well." And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well, and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing, and a mighty man, a man of war, and prudent in manners, of, and, a, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Verse 19, Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an, axe, an ass laden with bread, and a bottle of wine, and a kid, and sent them by David his son unto, Sam, unto Saul. And David came to Saul, and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. Verse 23, And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp, and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Now notice there in verse 23, as David played with his hand, it says that Saul was refreshed 
and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Uh, I, I maintain that what Saul needed that night was more than refreshing. Saul needed revival, not just a refreshing. Uh, the title of the message tonight is Refreshed or Revived. Let's pray. Father, God, I pray that you'd uh, meet with us again tonight. Lord, you know our hearts, you know our needs, and Lord, we, we beg for revival. God, help us not to be satisfied with a refreshing, but God, I pray that we see revival. Lord, I pray that we see revival in our own hearts individually, and only after that happens might we see corporate revival. Lord, I'd like to see revival in America. Oh God, it's so obvious that we need one. But Lord, it's not going to happen if your individual children don't get revived. May it start here tonight in our own hearts. Now Lord, I need you. I just pray you'd touch me. just want to be a blessing to these folks and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Saul, Saul got a, a refreshing. Every time David would play with the harp, Saul, Saul would be better. And, and, uh, but he, need, he needed more than that. Go back to uh, chapter 9 of 1 Samuel and I'll give you a little bit of background here. Chapter 9 and verse 27. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Bid thy servant pass on before us. And he passed on. Now Saul wasn't king yet, okay? Saul was a, was a, was a, a young man at this time. But stand thou still a while that I may show thee the word of God. Then Samuel, chapter 10, verse 1, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? And so, so uh, uh, he, he was anointed by God through God's man, through, through, uh, through Samuel, anointed to be, to be the king. Okay, now let's drop down a few verses, go down, I want you to see verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. So here, here is Saul. Uh, Saul is, is, has been anointed to be the king over Israel. And Samuel tells Saul, says, says Saul, uh, the Spirit of God's going to come upon you and you're going to be turned into another man. Now, now the, in, in Old Testament times, uh, a, a Christian, a, a, a man of God was not immediately indwelled by the Spirit like you and I are today. All right, uh, Today, when a person gets saved, the Spirit of God moves in. And, and uh, if you're a Christian here tonight, you, you are a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. He lives, he lives within us, okay? And, uh, uh, but, but back in, in Old Testament times, it was not that way. And, and David, I mean, I mean uh, Samuel says, Saul, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. And, and you're going to be turned into another man. And by the way, when the Spirit of God indwells us, we're turned into another man. We're We're different. Amen. I, we're, not, we're not the same as we were before. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, my Bible says, therefore, uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Uh, that's why when, when a, a person gets saved, you, you begin to notice their life begins to change a, a little bit at a time. Sometimes it changes pretty quickly. Sometimes it's slow. But there's always a change. When there's no change, honestly, I, I have to wonder if they really got saved or just prayed a prayer. Okay, when folks really get saved, there's a change in their life. Now, I'm not trying to minimize leading folks in a sinner's prayer. I, I do it too, and, and we ought to. Amen? I, but, but if their heart's not with you, you can get them to, to, to say a few words, and that does not make Christians. Amen? That doesn't do it. That doesn't do it. And if they won't come and get baptized, and they won't attend church, and they won't give up their alcohol, and they won't, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not so sure. They might, I can't, I'm not their judge, all right? And they're going to stand before me. They're going to stand before God. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is Christians are different, amen? Uh, we've been saved. We love to go to the house of God. Uh, we love to be around, around our Christian friends. We love to do the things of God. We love to please our Lord. So, so we're, we're different. Now, uh, uh, Saul was a different man from that day forward because the Spirit of God came upon him and, and he was changed. Okay, so he had the ability to do the work that God called him to do. Before then, he, he was not equipped. He didn't have God's power on him. He was not equipped to be the king. But God equipped him that day by the presence of the Spirit of God. Now go to chapter 15. Chapter 15. Saul gets orders from God. Okay, as the king, the king of Israel, the king of God's people, you got to do what God says. And God had a, had a job for Saul to do. And he gives him his orders here, chapter 15 and verse 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, now again, Samuel is the, is the representative for God. Okay, he was the preacher of that day, so to speak. Samuel said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox, sheep, camel, and ass. Okay, now drop down to verse 7. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest, unto, uh, thou comest to Shur that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and of the lambs, and of all that was good, would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Now, now what did God tell them to do? Destroy everything. Everyone and everything, okay? Uh, he clearly, clearly disobeyed uh, the Lord in this, in this area, okay? Clearly, clearly disobeyed the Lord. Now, Numbers 32 and verse 23, the Bible says, and be sure your sin will find you out, okay? Uh, you don't get away with it long. Sooner or later, uh, it gets found out. Now, uh, <clears throat> let's look on a little bit farther in the story. Go down to um, 
uh, verse, uh, let's see, verse 15, go to, um, I'm sorry, here, uh, where are we at? Go to verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now, did, did, did the Lord tell him to bring Agag? No, he's, he's supposed, to, supposed to kill everyone. All right, But the people took of the, of the spoil. <laughs> Notice that? The people took of the spoil, sheep, oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. So, so he lies to the man of God. He says, the people made me do it, basically. And, uh, and, and he, says, he says, yeah, we, we destroyed them. We utterly destroyed them. And, uh, uh, you know, he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't honest with the man of God. All right? He wasn't on, honest at, at all. Uh, look at verse 24. And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. An another lie. I mean, he's the king. Come on. <laughs> I, I feared the people. Yeah, what kind of king are you? Okay, I, I, I kind of, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think so. All right, I, I think there's more to it than that. All right, so in, anyway, uh, uh, he, he, he lies, lies to the man of God. Uh, verse, verse 25, Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. Okay, he confesses, he says, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord. And, and he says, now, now pardon my sin. Hey, hey, come, come pray with me. Let, let's, let's just sweep this under the rug. Pretend it never happened. Let, let's just go on. Uh, you know, hey, hey, uh, you know, I, I need God's power. Just, just come pray with me a little bit, and, and, let, and let, let's, let's, forget, let's forget this happened. But uh, I see confession of sin here, but I do not see a repentant attitude. I don't see a repentant heart. It's one thing to say I did it. It's quite another to repent. All right, that, 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 takes, that, that takes it one step farther, all right? And, and I, don't, I don't see... I don't see repentance on, on his part here, here at all. Okay, uh, I, now, Lord says, I can't use you. How, how can I allow you to lead my people when you can't obey my word? I can't, I can't use you, Saul. I've got, to, I've got to find a replacement for you. And, and David is Saul's replacement. Go, go to chapter 16. Chapter 16, where we read just a moment ago, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brother, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. So now remember when, when, when Samuel anoints Saul to be the king, 
He says, the Spirit of God's going to come upon you and turn you into a different man. Going to give you the ability to do the supernatural. You're going to be able to lead this great nation. You're going to have the ability to go out and win wars. You're going to have the ability to, 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 to do un unbelievable things because God's Spirit is going to be upon you and you can go out and accomplish great things for God. He disobeys. And so God takes this, and He's not willing to get right. Now, now, nowhere do you find in Scripture that God did not give him an opportunity to repent of his sin. He didn't repent. He tries to pass the blame and says, well, it was the people. Tries to sweep it under the rug, but he's not repenting. And so God says, I can't use you anymore. I'm going to take the Spirit from you the power from you, and I'm going to place that spirit and that anointing on David. And David will receive power. So the spirit from the Lord departed from Saul, okay? But we saw in verse 13 that, that the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So now David is empowered by God. David had, Now David is still not officially the king of Israel. Saul's still the king. All right, but, but in, God's, in God's eyes, David is, he's king. David's, David's going to be the king. Saul is, Saul's days are numbered. One of these days, Saul's going to be off the scene, and David is now God's man, okay? Uh, David is God's man, but, but Saul, Saul is still officially, officially the king. Uh, well, anyway. Now, Ephesians 5 and verse 18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, you and I are indwelled by the Spirit when we get saved. However, we are commanded by God to be filled with the Spirit. Do two different things. Every Christian is indwelled by the Spirit. We are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. That would be kind of similar to what Saul and David had. They kind of had like, it would be kind of like a filling of the Spirit for you and I today. All right, but, but that, was, that was not something they could just work up. You and, I can, you, you and I can work up a filling. I'm not talking about an emotional thing or, or, or anything. Uh, what I'm talking about is you want to be filled by the Spirit of God? Be faithful to the house of God. Read your Bible every day. Spend time in prayer every day. Serve the Lord. Uh, I mean, uh, act like a Christian, <laughs> I'm trying to say. Amen? Be a good, good step toward the filling of the Spirit of God. Just, just live for God, and, and God will fill you, and, 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 and you'll, you'll, you'll notice a difference in your life. You'll notice abilities to do things that you couldn't do before. I'm not talking about lifting weights. I'm talking about, I'm talking about having, having the power of God in your life. Now, last night I talked a lot about, about the pastor and, and, and how the pastor uh, is, does so much for us in our lives and, and, and uh, you know, how, how we need him in our lives. How do you think he does it all he does? The filling of the Spirit of God. It's, it's, it's evident. It is very obvious that your pastor has the filling of the Spirit of God in his life. Not because he's a pastor. He could lose that filling. He could lose, and, and, I, and I've seen pastors that I doubted had filling of God on them, this filling of the Spirit. I, I, I really kind of doubted, okay, because I don't think they were really walking with the Lord. Oh, they were in the office, okay. <laughs> they would stand in the pulpit, 
They still wore the title, okay? But, uh, but see, see the, 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 the filling of the Spirit is something we're commanded to do. We're commanded to have. And, uh, and Saul could have had a filling or the power of God on his life had he been willing to admit, I'm wrong. Samuel, would you pray and ask God to forgive me? I've disappointed my God. I've let God down. I've let you down, Samuel. No, he, he, had, he had no intentions of doing that. He had no intentions. He, he, was, he was satisfied. And, and God couldn't use him in that condition. Now, when we're not filled with the Spirit of God, we become open prey for Satan to influence our lives. We become sitting ducks, so to speak. Now, God allowed Satan to trouble Saul. We saw it in verse 14. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Verse 23. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Now, I want you to notice, it's not the message, but, but see, how, see how the music affected Saul? Saul, Saul was refreshed. The good, the good music, good godly music refreshed him. It, 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 it helped him physically. It made him feel better. Right? You listen to the right kind of music, it'll, it'll make you feel better. It, it'll, actually, it'll actually help you that way. And, and the Bible says he was made well. Uh, that speaks of his, 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 his mental state. Uh, he did crazy things. He got crazy thoughts. But when the good music came, he, he, was, he, was, he was made well. And, and the Bible tells us that the evil spirit departed from him. So it affected his spiritual life. Good music will make a huge difference in your life. But the wrong kind of music will make you do things you thought you'd never do. Just like a drug, just like alcohol, it'll, it'll affect you in a very negative way. So anyway, music, music is important in your life. Now, uh, hey, uh, what happens here again is, is um, uh, David plays with the harp, Saul, Saul gets refreshed. Now, notice the next chapter, chapter 17. Uh, Saul is at war with the Philistines, and Goliath challenges them. Now, in, in verse 11, chapter 17 and verse 11, when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, the, the giant, okay, uh, Goliath, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So here's Saul. Saul is dismayed. He is afraid. He's powerless. The giant comes up and he's like, oh, what am I going to do? They're walking around. They're, they, I mean, him and, and, and all his men, they're, they're fretting. What, they have no idea what to do. Now, Jesse sends David. Go to verse 17. I'm in uh, chapter 17. And verse 17, And Jesse says unto David, his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves and run to the camp of thy brethren. Now, now David's still a young man, of course. Now, now remember, he's already been chosen by God to be the king. He already has the Spirit of God on him, but he's not officially the, the, the king yet. 
Verse 18, And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their house of, the, of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting the Philistines. And David, verse 20, David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and, and shouted uh, for the battle. For, the, for Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. Now notice, David gets up early. He, he gets up early. He, he shouts for the battle. He runs into the army. And, 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 and then, and then notice, verse, notice what he says in verse 26. And David spake unto all the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see the, the, the courage and the faith and, the, and I mean, he's ready to charge hell with a squirt gun. You see what I'm saying? He comes in here and says, what's going on here? What, what's this all about? And, and, uh, and so uh, notice some verse 32. I, I want you to see the courage and the, and the faith of this young man. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Verse 37, And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. You see, David David's charged. He's saying, I can take him. You, you bunch of wimps, you're afraid. I'll, I'll fight the giant. God will help me. I can do. He's, got, he's got the Spirit of God on him. Saul doesn't have the Spirit of God. Saul's lost that. Saul's rebelled against God. Saul has sinned and is, and is un, unwilling to get right with God. And Saul's powerless. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Remember, Saul disobeyed the Lord in chapter 15. All right. Spirit of God left Saul, chapter 16. The evil spirit comes. Now the music is played. The evil spirit leaves. <laughs> Amen. Saul's refreshed. All right. Uh, but, but that same cycle happens over and over and over again. The music is played. Saul's refreshed. And then, then a few days later, he's right, right, back, right back where he was. I, I mean, it, it, it was a cycle. Uh, chapter 18 and, uh, and verse 10, notice, notice what it says here. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of his house. And David played with his hand as at other times, plural, is that more than once, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand, and Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. Uh, I mean, over and over and over again, the, this cycle keeps being repeated. Uh, a little refreshing, here's the music, and he feels better, and everything's, go, everything's just fine, but he's right back where, where he was. Uh, you see, the, the problem, the evil spirit is never replaced with the Holy Spirit. The evil spirit flees when the good music comes, 
But as soon as the good music is, is, is over, as soon as the music stops, the evil spirit works its way back, into, back into, into his life. Now, it does not say that Saul could not get right, okay? Uh, but he does not get right. He never repents of his sin. You see, he needed a revival, not just merely a refreshing. The refreshing was great, but it, did, it didn't fix anything. Amen? It didn't fix what was broken. Uh, now, a lot of folks, uh, they'll come to church on Sunday morning. They'll, they'll hear the music. It makes them feel good. Amen? Makes them makes them feel great. Uh, uh, but, but they never make their way to the altar to repent. They never come down to the altar and say, God, it's me. God, you caught me today. The preacher stepped on my toes today. I know I need to, I need to make some adjustments in my life and pour our hearts out to the Lord and, and say, God, help me. I need a revival. God, work in my heart. God, make some changes. I'm willing to do my part. God, will you work in my life? God, I'm sorry. We're not willing to do that. And, and, and they, they, don't, they don't replace the evil spirit with, with God's spirit, just like, just, like, hey, just like Saul. Oh, we come to church and we feel good. <laughs> oh, I feel good when I go to church. Yeah, I do too. But I feel good tomorrow too, amen? I, I mean, I mean they, 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 they're, they're, they're indwelled, but they're not filled. Uh, we can't continually live in sin and expect God's power and blessing in our lives. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. By the way, have you ever noticed that folks who are not filled seem to be critical of those who are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's put it this way. Someone gets excited for the Lord. I mean, they're shouting, Amen, preacher! Well, glory! And yes, amen, amen, that was good, preacher! That was a good message! And it's like, huh? What's with him? You know, what's his problem? You, you, you see, they, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't understand. And, and, and they're content to be nominal Christians. That's all they want in life. I know I'm not going to hell. Okay, I go to church. I go to church at least once a week. If, if it works out that way anyways, you know, if I can. And, and, and I put a few bucks in the offering plate. It's all right, leave, leave me alone. But you take somebody else that's serving God, it's like, what's with him? And they start picking at what he does and how he does it. And, and uh, you know, honestly, honestly, a lot of you probably could have led the singing better than Brother Josh, right? <laughs> oh, I beg to differ with you. He does a fantastic job. Amen. He does a fantastic job. He, he is, he is a, a blessing. Go, go to chapter 17. I want you to see something. Chapter 17, verse 26. Then David, stuck, uh, then David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Again, David's charged, okay? He's, 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 uh, he's upset and excited both, all in the, same, in the same sentence. 
And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall be done to the man that killeth him. Now notice verse 28. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I'm trying to put him down. I mean, you, you, know, you take care of those few sheep. I, I don't know how many sheep there were, but, but he's trying to make David look small. He's really, he's, he's showing how small he is, really what he's doing, all right? And he says, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down, thou mightest see the battle. And David said, what have I done? What have I now done? Is there not a cause? You see, I, I, I mean, folks that, that, that don't do anything for God start nitpicking what the folks that are doing something do. I don't like the way the choir sings. I think the preacher preaches too long. He, he, he preaches too loud or he preaches too quiet. Or hey, You know what I'm saying. they got to pick at something. Never satisfied. But, but how much are they? I don't know, what, I, I don't know what's going on in, in your church, all right? I, I just, I've seen, I've been around a while, okay? I've been, I've been preaching for a long time. And, uh, and I've, seen, I've seen how people can be, all right? And, and it's usually the ones, the, one, the, the ones that don't tithe, they're, they're the first ones to grumble about how the money's spent, okay? <laughs> the ones that don't show up on work day could have done it a whole lot better, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't come, all right? I'm just saying that, that's, that's kind of, kind of the, way, the way it goes. Well, anyway, uh, hey, uh, somebody, somebody gets, gets uh, excited for the Lord, Oh, he's too emotional. He takes his Christianity too far. Just, just calm down. I mean, actually, we are in the last days, you know. Just settle down a little bit. Hey, my God's still alive, amen? Uh, there's no giant too big for him. Get excited for God. Get excited for the things of God. I, I, I mean, get up early, uh, run to church, and shout for the Lord. That's what David did. Go back to chapter 17 again and, 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 and look at verse 20. And David rose up early in the morning. Now Dad tells him, tomorrow, son, I want you to go and take some cheeses to your brother and see how they're doing. So he gets, he gets to bed early. Well, I guess he gets to bed early. He rises up early anyway in the morning. And he left his sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded. He's just obeying Dad, amen. And he came, he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight. And he shouted for the battle. He shouted for the battle. Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his hand in the in the hand of the, left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. I mean, can you just see it? Can you just see David? He comes in, and, and here, here he is. He, he, he's, he's coming along with his carriage, and he's approaching the army, and, and, and he says, hey, hey, you, you, keep, you keep the carriage. I mean, I got to go. And, and he takes off, and he's running into the battle, running, and he's shouting, oh, boy, boy, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see the battle. Man, God always wins. Oh, this is going to be great. Oh, man, I'm charged. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see. I see uh, my brothers get out there and whip those guys. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be tremendous. I love to see some blood and guts. You know, I mean, he's, he's a teenage boy, amen, and he's looking forward to seeing a real battle. And he comes up and he runs into the army and says, there's no fighting going on. Well, what's, what's going on here? 
That's not what I came to see. And then this giant gets up. Says, Give me a man to come fight with me. And everybody's like, oh, no. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, and somebody says to David, did you see this big guy? He's, 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 he's defying the armies of God. And, and we don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what we're going to do. Hey, when you get up on Sunday morning, why don't you get up a little early? Set your alarm, get up a little early. Start praying for the service. Get here early and, and expect the victory. Amen? Amen. Oh, why not shout for the battle a little bit? David got, down, got up early. Man, I want to get down here. I want to see God. I want to see God win one. I want to see what God's going to do today. Why, why don't Why don't we get up early on Sunday morning, and, and, and make a beeline for the house of God, and just expect God to do something? Oh, I wonder. I wonder how many folks will walk the aisle today. Oh, boy, I don't know what preacher's going to preach about, but man, it's going to be great. Oh, I can't wait to hear my preacher preach. Oh, boy, and that choir, man, that choir's good. I wonder what they're going to sing today. I can't wait to get to the house of God. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. My church is amazing, and every time I go, my soul is filled, and I am blessed, and I just can't wait to get to the house of God. I wonder how many folks will walk down and get saved. Oh, I wonder will there be baptisms. Man, last Sunday, what was there, five baptisms? Who was it, brother? It was five? But man alive! Whoa! I wonder. I wonder if there'll be five next week. I wonder. I, it was. It was all. All folks from the Spanish ministry last week. I wonder. I'm on. I wonder who'll be in the baptistry tank this coming Sunday. Man, I can't wait for Sunday. Hey, I, I had plans. I'm supposed to be in another church Sunday, but I just might come find out. Amen. Whoa! And it's great to be in the house of God. That was David. He was expecting a victory. Come expecting a victory. Now there'll be folks who look at you funny. Well, come on now. It's just church. What? Just church? Why, this is the highlight of the week. What do you mean it's just church? It's what I live for. Oh, come on now. Expect a victory. Get excited just a little bit. Shout a little bit. Cheer your preacher on. I'm telling you what. How about an amen or a well glory every now and then? Come on, church. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. God's team always wins. Perhaps you had a hard time getting excited about the things of God. You know you're saved. No doubt about it. The Lord took you home tonight. You know you'd be with, with Him. You know you're going to heaven. You got that settled a long time ago. But you know something's missing. You don't have that excitement deep down in your heart. Honestly, we, we all find ourselves in this condition once in a while. I say we. Okay, I'll be the first to admit it. There have been times that I've gotten kind of in a slump. and Like, oh, well. Yeah, I'm a preacher. Okay, I'm an evangelist. But I'm just being honest with you. There have been, there have been times I'm, I'm thinking, 
I wish I could just go sit in church Sunday and hear my preacher preach, and I got to get up, and I got to get up real early and get in the car, and I got to drive two hours and, and get there and set my book table up and preach, and I'm going to be tired. And, you know, and there are times, there are times, I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't be that way at all, but, but we, all, we all get there from time to time. We find ourselves in this condition, and hey, <laughs> we go to church on Sunday. Amen. 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 Make sure you're in church on the Lord's Day and on, on Sunday night and, and Monday night, and Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, every time the doors are open, every time there's a service going on, okay, we, we get to church, but we hear the music, we hear the preaching, and we appease our conscience, our conscience right? It makes us feel good. I, I did right. I did the right thing. I, 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 I went to church. And, and we felt good while we were there. Amen. But come Monday morning, it's same old, same old. Come Monday morning, nothing's really changed. You, you see, we didn't need just a refreshing on Sunday. And I'm telling you what, if that choir can't, can't refresh your soul, if that trio can't refresh your soul, and I've heard some other specials here that, that I've, I've been in, in and out at different times and used to bring mom, mom and dad remembers here, and, and I used to bring mom every now and then, and uh, she didn't have any other way to get to church, and she loved her church, and she loved to be there, and so there'd be a Sunday that I wasn't scheduled somewhere, and, I, and, I, and I'd bring mom in her wheelchair, and and um, and and we'd we'd sit in the in the service, and, and I've heard some of the specials that y'all here have here, and 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 they're top notch. I mean, you folks put on a top notch program here, honestly, you do. Everything you do is first class, and and it ought to be. We're doing it for the Lord, amen. It ought to be first class. And, and you can't help but leave this place encouraged. You can't help but leave this place refreshed. But it ought to last. It, 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 shouldn't, it shouldn't die out. We need revival, not just refreshing. I, I used to be a remodeler. For quite a few years, I, I, did, I did remodeling projects. I would, I would uh, remodel basements, finish basements. I'd remodel bathrooms and, and I'd replace windows and doors and, and, uh, and things, things of that nature. And, and I had this, uh, <clears throat> this portable uh, toolkit, and I used to have some, some uh, uh, battery-operated tools uh, today as well. But back, back in the day, uh, I had a DeWalt 14.4-volt drill and saw combo kit. And to me, that was really something, okay? <laughs> I, was, I was pretty impressed with this thing, all right? And it had those uh, uh, NICAD batteries, okay? Now, now uh, they don't even sell those anymore, I don't believe. They're, they're almost worthless, okay? Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, <clears throat> so they've got better stuff today. But, but those, uh, those batteries, that, that toolkit did an amazing job for me. I loved that little, that little trim saw and my portable drill, and, and, and uh, you know, it was, it was really, really good. Well, I got into that about two years, and the batteries wouldn't hold a charge like they used to. And I, what I'd have to do is, is at night, 
I'd have to plug them in or, uh, or first thing in the morning I'd come in, I had a couple chargers, I'd put batteries in each charger, I'd plug them into the, into the outlet and, and let them get a charge so I could work with them that day. The batteries would no longer hold a charge like they should. Uh, come, the, come the weekend, if it was going to be sitting two or three days, and not be used, uh, the, next, the next time you show up on the job, the batteries are totally dead. I mean, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't hardly do anything. You'd have to, you'd have to recharge them. They, 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 would, not, they would not hold a, a charge. A Christian, when you get charged up on Sunday, you, your charge ought to last a few days, okay? You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't run out overnight, okay? It ought, it, ought, it ought to last a while. Now, the charger would refresh the battery, but, but it, 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 didn't, it didn't last long. What the batteries needed was not just a refreshing. Refreshing with the charger would get them going for a little while, but it wouldn't, wouldn't last. What they really needed was revival and I, 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 or replacement, okay? And I found out that it almost, it's almost cheaper to buy a whole new toolkit than to replace the batteries. I think they figured it out. Uh, they knew the batteries weren't going to last, and they'd make their money on the batteries. Well, I, I thought, I, I'm going to fool them. I found a place that I could send the batteries to, and they would take the batteries apart and put new stuff inside and revive the batteries. So now the batteries, when I got the batteries back, I sent three batteries off to this place. There's a place over in the Mansfield area. I think I actually dropped them off. I was going that direction, and then they mailed them back to me when they were done. And uh, uh, those three batteries, I'm telling you, they were brand, like brand new. They were still old case. They, they looked the same. They had little bits of paint on them and scuffs and whatnot. But, but, but inside, they were, they were like brand new. Those, those batteries were amazing. And... Those three batteries really helped. I mean, they, they did work. But I only sent three. I had a couple other batteries that, now nah, they, they'd still do a little bit. They'd still work. And even getting them rebuilt was expensive. The ones I didn't send off for revival... Before too long, they went totally dead, and you couldn't even charge them with a charger. You could, you could plug them in, and they wouldn't charge at all. Total, absolutely, totally worthless. They totally died on me. They were of, of no value at all. What I'm trying to say, church, If some of you don't get revival this week, my concern is this time next year, you might be out of church altogether. If, if you don't get more than refreshing, if you don't get some things fixed in your life, what kind of future do you have? You can only run on low so long. It doesn't last. I'm telling you, it doesn't last. Look at, look at chapter 18 and verse 10. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the midst of the house and David played with his hands as at other times and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. 
And David avoided out of his presence twice. Saul went on so long, content with only an occasional refreshing, that even the music would no longer refresh him. Now he tries to kill the young man that at one time was a blessing in his life. It's sad. But who in, in this building is better than King Saul? We're human. We're human like he was. If we won't come to grips with our sin and bring it to God and get it right, expect the same result as Saul got. The refreshing might keep you out of prison, okay? The refreshing will help you. But you need revival. You need revival. I need revival. If I just lived on the refreshings, I'm eventually going to die out and be good for nothing. I need more than that. You need more than that. Your preacher knows you need more than that. That's why he schedules revival meetings. It's not just the name of the meeting. Okay, we, 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 we feel like we need to get closer to God. We need to get some things fixed. Now, now how, where do we start? Well, you heard it. You heard it last night or yesterday morning. You you start at the altar. But but but, but brother Black, I, I I don't want somebody to think that 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 I've been sinning. Oh come on, we know you have been. You're not hiding anything. Me too. We're all sin. We're all sinners. Uh, the, the, I know, I know in God's eyes we're saints. I, I get that, I get that, okay? But, but uh, John makes it, makes it pretty clear to us over in, the, in, the, in, 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 in uh, First John. He makes it clear to us that, that if we say we have no sin, we, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. He's talking to Christians. So Christians need to get right with God. Oh, please, church, don't be content with an occasional refreshing. God, will you do a work at my heart? Will you bring revival in my life? Let's stand with heads bowed.